This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Uh, he's a beast. Uh, oh, man, he's... He's a killer. Uh, he, he just knows how to get in the end zone. Uh, and I, I love to see it. I love I love watching it. I, I love seeing his little his little gritties in the end zone. Uh, they're hilarious. Uh, so uh, I mean I just I just love being a part of it. Uh, just learning from learning from the things that he's teaching me. And um, I'm trying to be, you know, that that touchdown threat too. That's uh, Justin Jefferson talking about Chad Beebe there uh judd zolgad i think actually you know doing uh, the gritty yeah. dance yeah i do the gritty the I do the gr- I, doing his little tap know, dance as he's just moving i do a little gritty can we get a kirk has kirk done the gritty yet i don't he think so la- did he try one last year might have tried one last year but he did, he has a no he's not actually tried. wait a second he i might have tried a, one i put a kirk gif out last night to celebrate the start of kirktober by the october. way happy kirktober october drink to all of you who celebrate Drink your surly. Like Drink your surly Kirktoberfest. Yeah, I, I got my sausage right here. I'm in the Ross Brendel, thank you very much. Oh, boy. Okay, wow. So, he, uh, yeah, he did. I'm going to hold this up to the screen for the YouTube audience. It won't mean anything for the podcast audience. But uh, there is a gif. I think this might have been against the Lions last year on oh, the road. And he's, right. leading his, he's leading his team yeah. in a gritty. Yeah, that's, yep. Yeah, that's yep. pretty bad. Yep. Because he's you a leader. Like Don't forget. Like he's now a leader. He's been a better leader, according to teammates and coaches this year. That's actually a good segue into Feedback Friday here on Mackie and Joe, where we collect from. We've kind of so we 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 also do a YouTube comment section edition of Purple Daily. You guys do that now early in the week, but uh, this is going to be a landing spot every Friday for anyone who sends us uh, feedback through the Score North app. Which we've got rocking and rolling now. You can go to the Score North app; it's free to download, and you can you can tap on the feedback tab, and you can send us emails, messages. Uh, we're going to collect those for Fridays. You can send us notes in the YouTube comment sections on the Score North channel and or the Purple Daily channel, and we'll collect some of the best ones, dive into them, and let's uh let's start with some Kirk stuff here. I know I, actually some of the feedback is you guys have done fifteen thousand episodes on Kirk this week. Talk about something else. No. No. It's interesting. <laughs> and what? and what? people generally enjoy discussion about the starting quarterback. We th- it's, it's a fascinating uh, first three games here. We haven't broke down the punter yet, though, and I really am upset about <laughs> that. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there, oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So John H. sends us this question through the Score North app. It's actually more of just a take here. Guys, 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 let's slow the roll on Kirk. This is typical box score cousins. He'll play just good enough and still not win a Super Bowl to command another guaranteed contract. But the Vikings can do the right thing here and can continue to let Kirk pad his stats. And when he inevitably fails to lead this team to any meaningful postseason success, the team can move on and shop him around the league and and fire Zimmer. (laughs) Uh, Love your guys show. 
I just want to say to John here, pump your brakes for a second, John, <laughs> because I think, and listen, I, I'm not the biggest Kirk backer here. I think there's a lot of hollowness to Kirk's career so far. But I think there's been a lot of substance to his box score in the first three games. A lot of success on third down. A lot of success in that game against the Seahawks in key situations. I'm willing to let this play out. I think the biggest question is, are we witnessing the annual Kirk Cousins hot streak and it's just happening right out of the gate? And there's going to be a month and a half where he goes in the tank like also happens? Or is this going to be really like the first fully sustained year against great opponents? on the road, et cetera. Like, I'm curious to see it play out. But I think I think it's it's too early to just say, oh, this is classic box score Kirk Cousins. I want to see this play out. What do you guys think? Did John um, watch the program on Thursday? Because uh, I and I think we all agreed that in some way, shape, or form that this presents a golden opportunity to trade Kirk after the season. That's what he either does a new contract that brings his contract down cap-wise, which he's not going to do, because uh, if he deserves to get paid, he's going to get at least one more significant payday. So this is a great start on every possible level in the fact that this provides you the opportunity to have what could be a hot quarterback. We don't know how long for. And it provides you the opportunity now to have a quarterback who's going to be extremely marketable. So I feel like John and I, John and, I and John and us are on the same page and John might have missed that show. The other thing with Kirk is it's fully up to Kirk what the narrative is. That's what makes sports great. We don't know. Kirk Cousins is off to a good start. I'm not going to. And and by the way, um, I don't feel like it's a box score start because he is succeeding during uh, parts of games that are vital to trying to win games. So like box score Kirk to me is you're down by two touchdowns, fourth quarter. He's tearing things up, right? This is not that. So this is not box score Kirk. If box score Kirk reappears, guess what? We'll sound the Kirk alarm. We'll we'll sound the you know Kirk Kirk warning, Kirk warning, Kirk warning. This is not a watch, and we will discuss that. This is garbage time. This yes, is garbage, garbage time. Garbage time from Kirk. Garbage time from Kirk. Garbage. So we'll di- we'll dissect that at the appropriate time. But for now, I'm not going to uh, rain on on a parade of a guy who three games in is playing really well. Yeah, I mean, you know, that throw he made on third and five in the fourth quarter with a linebacker ready to bury his soul into the turf at US Bank Stadium to KJ Osborne, that's that is that's the type of throw that you're like that's the type of sort of muddy pocket well, things are crumbling around you throw that the top top yes. guys in the NFL make more regularly and, than he has. So And I went back and and actually was watching some breakdowns on Twitter. Football. And by the way, there are some great breakdowns. Now. There's some people doing great work. Congratulations, yeah, it's folks. It's awesome. Uh, and that throw that you're talking about, I didn't realize until I saw it again, Kirk Cousins was jumping in midair as he delivered the football. Yeah. So he wasn't planted. Like, like no. that's all from, from arm strength. So, um, but this is a really impressive start. And three games in, I, w- I will say this, and I don't apologize for game one, but in games two and three, if this continues, my biggest um, apology card will not be due to number eight in Egan. My biggest apology card, if this continues, will have to go to Gary Jr. Kubiak. Um, his designs, the more I watch these breakdowns of the game itself and the offensive philosophy, 
let's just say it's impressive. I think it's you early. Got it backwards. I think it, I, I think it's I think it's going to be Clint Kubiak senior in about senior, two or three You years. might be right if they beat the Browns and put up thirty plus points. I think it's, um, Clint, it's Clint Kubiak senior. This is so far. I mean, especially on Sunday, but I mean, this is his offense. He's doing things very differently. Uh, play action compared to what Gary did, it has been largely eliminated compared to that. Uh, this is really good play calling. Yeah, uh, it's been obviously the results, 29 points the game, and and some of the – what I really love, we brought this up on the state of the offense address on Purple Daily yesterday. I love the fact that uh, in some of these key situations where the Vikings tend to just default to, uh, what do we do, run the ball, right? Second and long, run the ball, and they're still kind of doing that. But second and short, when your whole playbook's open, you can run play action – I mean, think about if, if you got the weapons the Vikings have and the great play-action quarterback and Dalvin Cook or Alex Madison, and it's second and three. Like, yeah, you could run for a first down, and you should sometimes run for a first down, but, like, be more aggressive. And they have been on a in terms of pass-play percentage in those situations. They're averaging 19 yards a throw on second and short because the whole playbook's open. And the play designs are really creative. The play designs are really good. So let's just say somebody might have been wrong on the show and uh, it wasn't Declan or Oh, let's it's three uh, weeks. Somebody might have been wrong. No, I said might. I, I didn't say for sure. I'm I'm just saying, you know, own up to it. Oh, sports dad. Always told the sports kids, own up to it. Uh, let's let's do one more Kirk one here. This is from Sean on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Because uh, there is a, I don't want to over magnify like this group of Kirk cousins people, but it's worth addressing. These guys hate Kirk Cousins with a passion. All they talk about is Kirk, even though he's playing at a Pro Bowl level with an average offensive line and zero defense. It's called Score North, but they dislike the team, uh, and it's a negative podcast, and one of the guys is a Packer fan. I think they're talking about either Judd covering the Packers 15 years ago or Declan saying he doesn't mind the Packers. We have Packer fans doing our podcast. Here's my take on this. All right, We don't have to like lash out at Sean. I, I love the fact that Sean watches and listens on a daily basis, and there's going to be people that disagree with our opinions. We don't agree all the time. I think we see we, we see Kirk Cousins fairly similarly in that you know we don't argue a lot on that front. But I think what's happening here, if we could zoom back out, is a lot of Vikings fans have just been trained through the last 15 or 20 years through the content that they consume and the options that have been available. You've been trained that, if somebody takes even a slightly critical look or angle at something that's not perfect and sunshine and roses, if you point out, oh, what about this? This is an interesting flaw. We should drill down deep through the prism, by the way, of wanting the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. If you're not speaking 100% positively and talking about the faith you have in the team, and if you're not just blindly optimistic, then somehow you're negative, right? And I think we take pride in... I don't know, bucking that trend. Like you can you can be critical of your favorite team and still love your favorite team and want your favorite team to win a Super Bowl. But I think there's been so much training and dare I say even brainwashing in some ways the last 15 or 20 years with some of the options available to people when they consume Vikings content that it's hard to unwire that. That's what I'll say. That's absolutely true and I, I mean to call me a Packer fan. Um I mean, it's just not true. 
I mean, you did have a Gilbert Brown jersey, I think. Yeah. When uh, when the late nineties were, <laughs> which is why I started a diet. More on that later. <laughs> that uh, Robert Ferguson jersey from yep. the early two thousands. Yep. Javon Walker. Really good on you. Javon <laughs> eight four. A Bubba Franks jersey. Yeah. A mod oh, green. I love Bubba Franks. <laughs> Jermichael Finley? Green. Yeah. Oh, green. yeah, let's go. The, yeah. the Amad Green jersey comes with Vaseline on your forearms. You can fumble <laughs> three times every game. Oh, Remember that man. guy? That guy was good, Oof. but he fumbled all yeah, the time. He fumbled. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a big deal. So, oh, I, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, I think that we provide proper analysis yeah. of the Vikings. And that's, you know, you know what? That's for, for some, and we, we appreciate those folks. And for some, they want the purple Kool-Aid. I like yeah. Aaron Rodgers because, number one, he's really good at football, and he's also sabotaging the Packers. So, okay, I think I think both those things can it's coexist, hilarious. all right? he's Yeah, he's a Trojan from within. Yeah, he's, and he's going to be wearing 12 for the purple here in maybe a year. So who knows? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, let's see, another John, a lot of Johns here. John W. via the Purple Daily YouTube channel said, Judd, shower beers are worth it after a long day of working. You were wondering about the whole shower. Yeah, beer no, I was thing. wondering. We I was not. Yeah, yeah, no, I've always, I've always thought they sounded enticing, but keep I keep it away from them. the water, obviously, so that you know you don't water down your. I've never been a fan. I've, I've, I don't, I don't like to mix my business with pleasure, so I, I don't like, I don't like that white claw or that seltzer you, or that beer in the shower. I don't. You consider real, showering business? Yeah, I don't really consider it business. I consider it business. It's, it's business. Do you really? Yeah, it's business. It no. can be enjoy. It's an enjoyable time. And it, yeah, really... it can be an enjoyable time. Yeah, it's but it's, it's a lot business. more enjoyable if you got a beer in the shower. My brother, yeah. brother Liam, who has been on the show, friend of the show, when I go down and visit him in both of his bathrooms in North Carolina, there is a little wall mount for a can that he uses when he Dude, has a shower beer. He, he's a, he loves level. it. It's a pro I, move. I feel like scrubbing your skin is not business. It's it's pleasure to you. <laughs> You want to say it's like, pleasure? Say it. No, no, say it's no. pleasure. pleasure. Is there somewhere between no, business? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's pleasure. not business. No, it's say, not pleasure. I want you to say it. No, say it's no, pleasure, you coward. No, yeah, I, would, I, I would be completely forthcoming, but it's not for me. It's just, it, I mean, it's just part of a routine. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a confession about, about my shower beer history. So when I was in high school, um, I think the statute of limitations is out yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I actually didn't start drinking until after high school. So I'm one of the, I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. Not me. Not me. <laughs> Jeb was like nine. Not me, 16. Bartles Jeb and James, was, baby. What's the uh, park? Jeb was at Park Tavern in St. Louis Park. He was 12 years old. You know what? Two for I one pitchers. Again, I might consider it. Um, so I was, uh, I was at the Metrodome with some friends for the prep bowl in like 2001 or 2002. And now there was a couple loose, those like blue cup holders on the back of the seats, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those plastic ones. Yep. And one of my friends, there was a couple loose ones. And so one of my friends like stomped a couple of them. They were already loose. I mean, come on. And so he stomped a couple of them off their frame and I guess stole them. Gifted one to me at some point later. Um, and so I had a Metrodome cup holder that I, for two years at the end of college in our college house, I had that cup holder in the shower. Oh, wow. So you could put, so you could put a beer. You know, savvy, dude. Very you know, good. Did you go like in the Metrodome cup holder? Full handy mode too, like install it on the wall? Like what did you do? I tried, first I tried the double sided, but it was, you know, it would get all, I don't know, like moist is not a word that I would choose to use ever, but. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot the, of shower condensation. This is interesting. There was enough of a ledge there that you could just sort of sure. set it on and put the like put that. the beer in. So okay, okay. So yeah, 
Um, but, but anyway, I um, yes, I will try it. Um, let's see here. Um, Ray, C- oh man, this is a hot take from Ray C on the Score North YouTube channel. Tried the Red Zone channel again, and for the first time in over a decade, it is still absolutely the worst way to watch football. I need to know the flow of the game. How did they get down there? How is the defense doing, etc.? I can't stand the jumping around on Red Zone channel. I'm out again, maybe in 10 more years. Wow. I'll come back. Bold That's take. one of the hottest um, takes I've ever... I don't know if I've ever heard anyone slander the Red Zone channel. I don't love a lot of things in life. I really don't. I like a lot of things. I don't love a lot of things. When it comes to RZ and Scotty H on a Sunday in the couch... The red zone is the greatest thing, the greatest in- invention of all time. Uh, clearly, clearly that person and I would not get along because um, now, now Don, who's not a football fan, really does complain because of the constant switching around, but she doesn't really count because she's not a football fan. So <laughs> she, doesn't count. she doesn't count. I mean, her opinion in this matter, I mean, that, that would be like me trying to <laughs> weigh in on below deck or the housewives. I don't count. I've got takes um, on all of those. Yeah, let's say it. It is the it is the greatest sports invention, in my opinion, um, that's ever. I actually, you know what? No, replay first, because that's the greatest invention. I think the red zone concept might be the second greatest invention. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I'm a big red zone guy. I can see how. I guess I can see how it would be just if if you just want to settle in and watch a game. But then again, like the, I think the best part about the Red Zone channel is, let's say there's you know eight early games going on or seven early games going on. There's always going to be three of them that are just kind of dud matchups, right? Like the yes. Texans and the Titans are going yes. at it. I don't really, I don't, I don't need to see like the process by which the Texans made their way inside the twenty yard line. All right, I'm good on that. Yeah. But if the Texans are about to score a touchdown, yeah, like jump in for fifteen seconds and show me. It's getting me interested in things that I wouldn't ordinarily be it's like curating football in a yeah. way that that makes something that isn't supposed to be interesting texans well, titans more interesting and and there are if there are i think this was the case last weekend i believe there were nine early games all right um there's a lot of bad football just generally being played as teams drive and then there's like a, there'll be a quick change or something this is I've, I've always said this about the red zone channel. It's the deodorant of football. It covers up the smell. Like you, you can sit on the couch on a non-Viking Sunday for an entire day and come away saying this league's incredible. I mean, this league is great. Is red zone channel on the Mount Rushmore of great sports media? Yes, inventions it, or oh, creations. It, it very might be. Oh no, it is. I think it is. It's the question like, is who who is it? It's like top five for me of reasons I miss cable. It's it like I I don't I don't pay for cable, and it's definitely in my top three to five of things that I need. I would have cable for would just be for Red Zone easily. Yeah, YouTube TV offers it on a although YouTube TV is having a big yeah. war with like NBC Universal, so you're about to lose like fifteen NBC Universal not, channels. This is not workable for me. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, we, we got to some of this with Patrick Royce on rap with Royce today, but Smith via Twitter asks, how would you feel if the twins traded Byron Buxton after always talking about keeping homegrown talent? I'd personally find it unforgivable. After I really feel that, that this is a simple discussion in this sense. 
you had Barrios and Buxton. And Barrios was showing no signs of staying. Um, he still was he still is very good, but you said, okay, we're not going to be able to re-sign him. He clearly wants to break the bank, and perhaps he should. We're trading him. Okay. That leaves you with Buxton and Snell. Snell, I don't care about now. He he's like off. He he's out of the discussion. Agreed. So so now we're down to Buxton, who who despite the fact that they manipulated a service time at one point, and I don't think he's always had a great relationship with the team. Um, the rumblings are he is willing to stay at the right price. You can't trade him. Like you you just can't. I I you made your choice. If you what's the selling point for this team if you take a player even as hurt as he's been, that's this dynamic and like brings this many different things, you know, five tool player, right? Shut it all down. It's called a five tool player because most guys don't have five tools. Byron Buxton has five tools. If they try, if they trade Byron Buxton, you can shut it all down. Here's the amazing thing. Uh, He's been, I think, even though he's missed like four months, right? He's going to wind up playing like a a fourth of the season. I want to say. According to wins above replacement, he's going to be, I believe, the second most valuable player on the team, despite missing all that time. Jorge Polanco has been really, really good this year. Uh, you just you got you to gotta sign him. You got to back up the Brinks truck, and you got to cross your fingers and pray that he stays. I, and by the way, he's due to stay healthier. Okay, Paul Molitor was hurt throughout his entire 20s and then wound up having an amazing career in his 30s, a Hall of Fame career. Played till he was 40, 41 years old or whatever it was. So I just I, what do you? It's already going to be hard enough to sell anything to your fans going yep. into 2021. I mean, this team hasn't won a playoff game since 2004. Hasn't yep. won a playoff series in next year will be the 20th anniversary of the last time they won a playoff series. Think about that. Happy birthday! It's 30 years since they've won a World Series. People are people are bailing on this team. If you trade Byron Buxton, how do you explain? anything to your fans, right? If you trade Byron Bucks and you're going into a full rebuild and you're basically just flipping the bird to your fans, you got to you got to back up the Brinks truck. I'm sorry. Bam. The only way the only way to justify it would would have been if you had made the decision that because he doesn't miss starts, you were going to give Burrios the contract he wanted and you didn't. So yeah, I yeah. I just this team is you know, we are still in a pandemic. It's hopefully going to be done at some point here, but we are still in a pandemic. This market, which is really not that big in, in terms of of uh, size, has every professional sports team uh, now two Division One college choices in in the Twin Cities. And what are you going to sell people on if you are now like, yeah, you know what, Buxton? Now we couldn't do it. And and as far as I'm concerned, I don't care that he hit thirty bombs. Sano's a bust. Like this year was off until it didn't matter. Miguel Snow was unplayably terrible. He got benched. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barrios has been traded, and and you can't tell me well. Oh, but Royce Lewis is coming off as ACL. You're not going to believe him. So yeah, yeah, that dude hasn't played a baseball game in like no three years or something. You have yeah. you have as far as I'm concerned as um, in trying to keep interest. You are low on options now, and Buxton's a really good one. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh, Tosh M via the Score North app chimes in and says, Hey, I've been watching for a while now, you guys on your YouTube channels. I love what you guys are bringing. Not sure exactly how this works, but I would love to become a frequent flyer on the show. I love having a community of brothers and sisters to go along with my Vikings issues. Laugh out loud. Uh, I wonder, yeah, we should frequent create flyer like. Miles, huh? 
we've got write that down predictions in which we you know we bring the listeners in, but we should that we line. should almost have like a like a club purple daily or something, mm. you know, some sort of. You know, how loyal are you? Did you say Club Purple at Daily? At the foot of Judd. What would we do? Bum, bum, bum. Just drinks early. Just drinks early. Yeah. It's Club Fall Purple Daily. Uh, there could be like well, a, yeah, we'll think of something. There could be like a main cabin, like a Comfort Plus, a first class. Like we can make it a whole thing. Co- what's coach? Yeah, exactly. Like co- coach might just be the YouTube comment audience. That just might be the coach of That's of, coach. of, of our transportation. I'm that sorry, be- sir. We'll sling some steel. This bathroom <laughs> is for um, first class I've made that I made that only. mistake on a plane before. That is, that oh, is don't not, yeah. try to get into first class. I, go to the bathroom. I, still, I had to go. I Wait, had you to went go. to the first class. I went bathroom? to like uh, like the. I was in Maine, and I I went to like either into the comfort of the first class one, and and she was like, "This is for comfort and first class only." I was like, "Well, I really have to go to the bathroom," and she actually let me through, but because oh. there was two people waiting in the back, and I was like, "Either I'm gonna pee my pants." And that's not going to be fun, or you can just let me use this bathroom. And she let me. Why use did the you bathroom. wait so long to get up out of your seat? You I just, uh, I have a horrible horrible habit of I don't go to the bathroom until like I'm kind of like a toddler until I absolutely have to, and it's like a ninety second warning, like I need to use the restroom. What? I can be See, like I'm like can, that. I'm like that with my gas tank on empty oh, with no. my car. No, 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 no. You do that? John does that. That drives I me go crazy. Why do you do that? Literally every time. No. Why? No. With technology, I tell you, if, like last thirty. If I get like the mile thirty marker of hey, you have thirty miles left in this tank, I'm filling up. Like I have to, I have to stop what I'm doing and go fill up. That's cool. I, I mean, you got you got plenty of time. Yeah, Take no. Your time. I, I start considering ooh. a fill up at half empty. Okay, that's what? a little much. That's a little much. Oh yeah. What do you think is going to happen? That you're going to you're going to go like 180 no, miles and not like, find a gas station? No, I just do not. How far like how far in the western suburbs do you live? I don't like being near E. It's very disturbing to me. I'll tell you, I've 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 gone down to empty like the empty gauge light going on almost every single time I've gotten gas in my life, and I've been driving for twenty years, and I've never run out of gas. We ran out of gas um, about eight years back, and that was not good. That was not. Good. It sounds like it wasn't your fault. We're driving up. It wasn't. It was Dawn's car. <laughs> We're driving up a hill. Literally, the car starts to go. I'm like, oh, son of a. So, had you seen the gas light on and you knew that you guys were coming? I couldn't get to a gas station. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was headed to a gas station. I've had friends that that literally say, like, hey, I ran out of gas on my way there. Like, how? How did did that happen? But here's the worst part. So, we're out of gas, side of the road near Ridgedale. And Dawn and a friend who I won't name had been. I picked them up from a bar. It, oh, this was no. in the afternoon, so this is mimosa drinking time. Oh no! Well, running out of <laughs> gas, first of all, is against the law, and second of all, it gives probable cause to stop if you're a cop and check oh, out the car. No, so dude. I'm totally, I'm totally sober. But her and her friend, of course, have been drinking mimosas. So the cops like, "Oh, everything okay today?" And I'm like, "We ran out of," and I was pissed off. I'm like, "We ran out of gas." And he's, you know, and he's like, um, have you been drinking, sir? I'm like, no, my wife and her friend have. And he's like, okay, um, why don't you step out, out of your car? Oh, oh my dude. God. Pulls oh. me, pulls me around the car in back and starts to give me the sobriety test. Yep. Oh. And I'd forget if he had a partner with him or another cop stopped behind him. Cause it's, I believe it's the Tonka cops 
Oh yeah, not a lot to do. Lo- not got, a lot. That's, to that's do. literally got, all they're doing is trying yeah. to find people. I've had a yeah. sobriety test for the Tonka Cost before too. So and and so he starts to give me just the start of the sobriety test, and his part and the partner comes up and he's like, "No, you're fine, dude. Don't like I believe you. You're you're clearly not drunk." But they can smell. I mean, but I mean, they're trained to smell booze. Yeah. So like, I was. So so, how'd you get gas? Did you have to to walk up the freeway? No, 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 no. She called a friend, I think, who brought, who went and got like a like a a jug of it, and we stuck it in the car. And I don't think we got a ticket, but we we could have that. But I mean, do you know how much you don't need a sobriety test when you have had nothing to drink and you're being the the DD? Damn. Dude, that's that was, a that's that that would be don't run out of gas, kids. Commenting. Don't run out of gas. John Hobbs on Twitter chimes in. Hey, Sylvester Stallone and MGM are reissuing Rocky Four as Rocky versus Drago, the ultimate director's cut, which features 40 additional minutes of footage. Oh, my God. Will there be an emergency action movie rewind podcast on this? I will say uh, Rocky Four is my one of my two favorite movies of all time. And Rounders is the other one. And even I will tell you, we don't need 40 additional minutes of footage from that movie. It's perfect. I think we're good. Uh, the hour and a half or whatever boxing, it is. more boxing, think? Is like, what, like, like what's your theory about? Just more, just 40 minutes more of haymakers in that yeah. final fight. That's my guess, right? It's, it's 20 minutes of Rocky and Drago staring at each other while Apollo Creed bleeds and dies in Rocky's arms. Do you I think the Apollo, I, I wonder if they, I wonder if there's more t- to the Apollo fight. I mean, it was uh, maybe. I mean, Cre- do we need to see? Do we need to see more? Of no, no, I don't. I'm just. I'm trying to. And Creed too. More is... of the robot. More of the robot. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. And the second oh, Creed. Happy birthday, Polly. With uh, Michael B. Jordan as Drago's kid versus Creed, right? Yeah. I haven't. I've only seen Creed two like bits and pieces. I've seen Creed one numerous really times, but I haven't seen Creed two. Creed one and Creed two are two of the four best Rocky movies yeah. of all time. I love the original Creed. And there's been eight of them. Yeah. Don't forget, I believe Stallone. We talked about this like six months back. I believe Stallone in this version that's going to be released was trying to take the robot out, Happy right? Birthday, Polly. In the re-release? Yeah, I thought he said, because he, it turns out he hates it. So he's going to take 10 minutes of robot footage out and basically add 50 minutes of additional Well, footage. I don't know that if that was the final decision, but he did definitely, it did come out that he hated the robot. Happy birthday, Uh, Polly. Troy MCC comments on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. I wasn't the biggest fan of Alex Boone's time in Purple, but he is incredible on the show, and he seems like a really down-to-earth type guy. We've gotten a ton of awesome feedback on the first couple weeks of Alex Boone on Tuesdays on Purple Daily. So if you hated him when he was here because he just was a blowhard, check him out on Tuesdays and recalibrate your opinion or not or let us know. Um, and then one more, just because I know this is going to set Judd off before we get to Judd's keys here. Thanks. Granny Smith comments on the Score North YouTube channel. This is in response to us talking about and making fun of Glenn Taylor for putting the kibosh at the beginning of that press conference on, hey, you guys can't ask me about Ben Simmons, and you guys can't ask me about Gerson Rosas because legal issues. And he says, Mackie and Judd are clowns who whine when Glenn Taylor won't answer freedom of the press questions. Wait, I never said he had to a- answer them. I, we, what we said specifically was don't tell people what they can and can't ask. Once they ask it, you answer the way that you choose to. You own an NBA team. You should know how to 
um, field those questions without basically trying to cut them off. The other thing was um, I could see saying we can't talk about the Gerson thing from the perspective of how it went down because I think behind the scenes they're probably going to be sued. But somebody should have advised Glenn. And this is what drives me crazy about rich people who either A, don't listen, or people are afraid to advise. Yeah, The Ben Simmons thing is completely fair game until asked. And then what you do is you talk around it, but you but don't. It's, but it's tampering. It would be tampering, Judd. It'd be tampering. The Minnesota Timberwolves are always looking to add the best talent that we possibly can. And if opportunities arise for that talent to be on this roster, to surround the players that we are building around, we would welcome that opportunity. I can't talk about guys in particular, but what I can tell you Amen, is dude. that is that Sachin Gupta right now is upstairs. Well, Glenn, doesn't, trade, Glenn didn't know his name trade at the time. Machine. That Mr. Gupta <laughs> Some is, guy. Up, is upstairs <sighs> reinventing the trade machine. Dude. But, I mean, that's why this the first part I didn't like is don't tell people what they can't ask. The Ben Simmons thing was flat-out dumb, and that's yeah. not from a press perspective. That's from a, dude, this creates excitement. You should welcome every possible question because, yep. A, it means people are, whether it's positive or negative, people are interested in your franchise and interested in your answers. And then you can craft the answers however you want to. It's an opportunity. And I agree on the best. But it's tampering. Of course, of course you can't ask about Simmons. No. You can ask whatever you want because freedom and freedom of press. Um, but if you're Glenn Tilly, you just nailed it. Or if you're Mark Laurie. Yeah, we can't talk specifically about players. Or we can't talk specifically about the way that Gerson Rosas was let go because there's some legal things that are preventing us. But... And here's my crafted message that can spin it forward positively. And yes. et cetera, we're always et cetera, looking right? to add the best talent available yeah. to this roster. Yeah. Um, j- just to combine that question or, or comment, it's not really a question, with the earlier one about us being clowns because our show is uh, <laughs> a Packer fan and two guys that hate the Vikings. <laughs> um, I also think to piggyback off of what you're saying, Phil, about how there have been certain entities in the media in this town that have raised people uh, to be blindly just um, loyal fans. I feel like there's also the faction of people who think that people who own teams and run teams are authorities, and therefore, therefore, Glenn Taylor knows what he is doing, and he is, and he is. Glenn Taylor's got no clue, and and um, I don't understand in like. In Boston or Philadelphia, that, that's a bad one, but New York, Chicago, they question people all the time because that's the job is to question them. And especially if you're not performing at a high yeah, level. Exactly. But I don't understand this whole thing of because I always feel like comments like that are, well, Glenn Taylor's a billionaire and you two are nothing but must be doing something a, right. A couple of YouTube sure, I guess. schleps and one of you is sort of <laughs> fat in the face. I love schleps. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's. Our job, and you know what? Quite frankly, your job as fans is to question things. It's to question things. And, and it's, it's okay. And if you question things, it doesn't make you a bad fan. It doesn't no, make it you negative. It makes you a better fan. It makes you passionate. You want the team to – This is we can all agree. All of us want the Timberwolves and the Vikings and the Twins and the Wild to be championship-caliber teams. It makes it more fun as a fan. Quite frankly, from a business standpoint, if you're in the media, it makes it more fruitful, right? And so the – to me, if you if you if you never question or if you don't poke holes, it doesn't mean that you're miserable. Like if you're poking, like there's a there's a middle ground here of I don't I don't want to live my life as a sports fan with my head in the clouds, just a positivity all the time. 
right. when things clearly aren't in, in a championship direction, right? So, um, anyways, there's probably more to talk about there, but we got to get we got to get the, to the real main event here, all right? Judd's keys to a Vikings victory over one of the best teams in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski versus Mike Zimmer. Judd's Keys presented this week by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. The Vikings have done a great job providing protection and risk management for the quarterback. And that's where Federated helps your business with risk management, helping your bottom line be protected, helping your employees. Federatedinsurance.com to find out more. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Judd's All right. Keys got in late. Last night, I was very concerned, Ugh. but he stayed up. He stayed up, got in around 4, stayed Jeez. up till 6, working on keys. Here's the incredible thing. He said, because this is a, bit, a big one, I mm-hmm. mean, this is Stefanski v. Zimmer. This is Browns, who are a really good team, v. Vikings. I'm giving you five keys. Whoa. And I said, okay, cool. So he gave me five. This is the, five this is the most keys of the season so this, far. This is. This oh, is, my goodness. This is unprecedented wow, for the 2021 campaign. Here we go. We'll start at the bottom, work our way up. Yep. <clears throat> Key's sleeping right now, though. All right. Key number five. Kevin can F himself. Okay, so you've, you've heard of the TV show by that same name. So this is not original, but... Our our old friend, the Vikings' old friend, longtime friend, Kevin Stefanski, is back in town, and he's looking to beat Zim. And this is student versus teacher. And here's the interesting thing. Student, since he took the job with the Browns, not only made the playoffs last year, regular season, he's 13-6. and six. In the same time period of 19 games, teacher, 8-11. and 11. Teacher is going to, I think, be very motivated to try and come up with a defensive game plan and a game plan overall that shows student, yeah, you're good, but I'm still the best. Now, that might not be true, but for one game, that opportunity certainly exists. So key number five, Kevin can F himself because Zim wants to show Kevin Stefanski, I'm still a better coach. I love it. All right, key number four. Key number four. Get greedy. The Browns have one of the National Football League's top pass defenses, but will be without cornerback, and he's pretty good, Greg Newsom, who is hurt. He will be replaced by Greedy Williams. Hence, get greedy. The Vikings need to exploit wow. the matchup that Greedy will have against either Jefferson, Thielen, and Osborne, or some combination of the three. But that's going to present a passing opportunity because there is a... I think it's very fair to say that there is a step down from what Greg Newsom can bring and what Greedy Williams will now bring in this game. So as far as the Vikings passing game, which is going pretty damn well right now, but as far as it's concerned, it will be interesting to see how much they try and attack the backup who's replacing a good starter. Yeah, and I think for me, the the Vikings passing game success is much less about an opposing team's secondary and more about the trenches. You know, like like Miles Garrett is going to be, and I'm I'm sure we'll maybe maybe Keys addresses this at some point. Too. I want to get ahead. Um, if I'm confident that if Kirk has a clean pocket often enough, 
I don't think it really matters who's in the secondary as much. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, even KJ Osborne, these guys can get open. They can uh, they can find space. Gotta get that ball out. Bang! Deliver that football. Bang! Key number three. It's very simple. Do your job. <laughs> All right. So so the Vikings are paying Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, their two inside defensive tackles, a lot of money. And right now, the Vikings are, uh, in my opinion, not acceptable 21st against the run in the league. Cleveland, on the other hand, rushing the ball is second, averaging 174 yards per game. And Nick Chubb is third in the league in rushing. And Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, have combined for five of Cleveland's eight rushing touchdowns. It is time for the Vikings' run defense, which I really do believe has another gear, if not two more. I think it it's should. going to improve. It should It should improve. The Vikings' run defense need to have, not in two weeks, not in another week, the Vikings' run defense needs to get its act together and needs to do a great job on Sunday. And I don't think there's a good excuse why they can't do your job. So if you if you go off of yards uh, per attempt allowed, the Vikings run defense has been fourth worst in the NFL. The only teams worse at preventing the run on a yards per attempt basis are the Chargers. They've allowed 5.8 yards per carry. The Cardinals have allowed 5.4 yards per carry. And so have the Chiefs. The Vikings are sitting at 4.8 yards per carry allowed. And most of their resources defensively the last, well, Dalvin Tomlinson was the biggest acquisition. Um, and Michael Pierce was the big acquisition two years ago. Like their, Two of their big acquisitions are literally there to help stop the run. And uh, I, think, I think you're finding that it's, uh, that those guys have played pretty well according to PFF grades. That's other things that are... Maybe uh, letting down, and Anthony Barr being out probably plays a role here too. The Vikings also have missed the second most tackles in the NFL. They're averaging like ten missed tackles per not, game so far. Not acceptable through three games. So that that's it right there. I mean, stop missing yeah. tackles, and you probably won't allow as many rushing games. Football is an easy game. Yeah, it's very, very simple. All right, <laughs> key number two. This is the first time that we are going to have our final two keys. The movie sequels. Wow. So key number two is Rush Hour 1. That's right, the original, Rush Hour. The Vikings absolutely, positively need to get a rush and pressure on Baker Mayfield, who I contend is going to be impacted. I'm not saying he's going to fall apart completely, okay? But the crowd noise in that building is going to impact what Cleveland can do offensively, especially in the pass game. The Vikings' pass defense has basically shown it's not so great. Right now, it is ranked uh, ranked 27th in the league. Jarvis Landry is out. OBJ is in. Um, and I found this very in- interesting statistic, and, and I'll tie it back to why I said rush hour one. No team has given up more yards and touchdowns to wide receivers lined out wide after the first three weeks than the Vikings. No team has given up more yards and touchdowns to a wide receiver or wide receivers lined out wide after the first three weeks than the Vikings. Hmm. Um, I think the left cornerback position, Breland, Dantzler, I don't know whom, probably Breland again, 
is what it is. I don't know if if you're going to see it improve a ton. I think Pat P is good, but the thing is, teams aren't throwing at Pat P as much because that left cornerback position is potentially so weak. Daniil Hunter and the front line have to have a big game, and that's a little bit dicey because, Phil, as you've talked about all week long, Cleveland's offensive line is outstanding. But if you don't get pressure on Baker Mayfield, um, I think this could be a real, real problem. So I, I, I actually think that the pass defense's greatest asset is going to be the potential pressure that your defensive line, Griffin, Hunter, that group, can get on Baker Mayfield. So I have a theory on something here since you get brought this up. Nerds! 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 So pro football reference here, all right? Last year, the Vikings only had 23 sacks on the entire season, which was among the lowest totals in the NFL. Yes. They already have 10 sacks through three games, so they're kind of kind of back to at least sack totals. Right. Also worth noting, the Vikings only got pressure 19% of the time last year. Uh, they're sitting around almost 30% this year. So they're, according to Pro Football Reference... Their sack rate is up. Their pressure rate is up compared to last year. But then if you go to ESPN.com's pass rush win rate, they're 30th in the NFL, only pressuring 34% of of snaps, meaning they're, they're getting pressure within two and a half seconds. Is how it, So it's a different metric. Uh, they're getting pressure within two and a half seconds only 34% of the time. So I think what you're seeing is, I think they got pressure on Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson sometimes after the two-and-a-half-second mark. And so their defensive line isn't getting credit on ESPN.com for that because it's more like, well, Russell Wilson kept the play alive or Kyler Murray did, and then you got pressure. Sure. Um, This metric only tracks, did you do your job within two-and-a-half seconds? And then if you did, you're you're probably going to get a favorable result. So... They they seem to be better getting pressure this year than last year, which is expected. Daniel Hunter's back, right? But they still have a lot of work to do getting pressure within two and a half seconds. And Baker Mayfield's sort of mobile, but not as mobile as Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson. So you should if, if if you can get home within two and a half seconds, I think he's less likely to be able to escape and keep a play alive with Daniel Hunter chasing him than like Kyler Murray was. So at, at what point does that ESPN statistic become a concern? halfway through if you're still like because I, I think you're right I think it's very hard to to judge the line when you played two QBs especially especially Kyler yeah you're also so well I think you're I'm I'm just speculating here but I think your strategy against those two guys too is going to be less about like just immediate pressure like you know that those guys can elude pressure so I, I think this game against Baker Mayfield is going to be a lot more telling of what you can do to get pressure against more of a normal quarterback, right. not right. a guy that's a freaking remote control on a video game. Right. You know? And he can All move right. a little, but like not like those guys. Not like those guys. Nope. All right. Whoops. Sorry. You like that? Wrong button. You like that? That's okay. That one fits too. Well, both of them fit perfectly back to back. I love that because we're now to key number one, the key atop the marquee, the key that is the sequel to key two because, well, Rush Hour 1 was so successful, we need to go with Rush Hour 2. That's right. Key number two or key number one is Rush Hour 2. Chandler Jones, okay, taking the way back machine to week one of the 2021 regular season. 
against the Titans had five sacks in one game. And then in week two against the Vikings subsequently, he had none. And we all, and I believe Keyes, he's asleep right now because he's drunk. But when Keyes was awake, I believe Keyes had told us in in going into the week two uh, Cardinals game, the, the Vikings are in big trouble here. I mean, Rashad Hill against Chandler Jones, just, you know, give up right now. Miles Garrett now had four and a half sacks last week of the nine incredible sacks that the Browns had against the feeble Bears. And now the Vikings are going to have to wait a scheme to stop Garrett. All right, I'm going to present the good and the bad. The good here is is that Chandler Jones provides an example of a guy who I think, in fairness, we all thought, oh my God, this is going to be a long day. And the Vikings schemed it up really well. And Chandler Jones, no sacks. And he had a couple of pressures, but it was nothing like what we had expected. And and after a really bad week one, the offensive line played pretty well. Well, Miles Garrett against Rashad Hill also would be a mismatch. But if you can get Rashad Hill some help, it's going to be huge. Now here, so here's the curveball though that Miles Garrett is going that the Cleveland defense with Garrett is going to throw at the Vikings. Miles Garrett is lining up at right end. Miles Garrett is lining up at left end. And according to my spies, Miles Garrett is also occasionally lining up inside on passing downs at a tackle position and rushing. So I think the scope of how you're going to have to stop him and, and recognize what he's doing and where he is is a pretty broad one. But I'm not going to fall into the same trap that, that we all did after the Chandler Jones or going into the Chandler Jones game, which was to say the Vikings are dead. I'm more curious to see now what the game plan is. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting chess match here against Miles Garrett. Um, and I, in a perfect world, you would have had more of a blue chipper like Christian Derrissaw, you know, ready to rock without having a second surgery. And then he would have had three preseason games and then three regular season games. And all right, this is your first test kid. And this is the first time he's been a full participant in practice this week, but you, you can't, you you can't just run him out there as his first test against Miles Garrett. Maybe Could Declan's be, right and is right that I'm prediction that it gets it gets so bad with Rashad Hill that he has to play. Rashad's but our guy. We'll see. According to Rashad's our guy. Yeah, like Clint Kubiak. Clint said. said Clint said yesterday, and Clint ordinarily won't tell you that it's Wednesday. Yeah. Um. He was flat out asked about that, and he said what what Dex just said. Rashad's our guy, uh, and I don't think he's lying. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if Darius. Uh, I can't see the head coach putting a rookie in for his first career start because, I mean, it's not like the the coach of this team loves rookies. So, yeah, I think if Derisaw plays, it's probably against Detroit. And, you know, the more I think about it, I'm not going to be completely surprised if the line continues to play pretty well if Derisaw has no chance of playing until after the bye. Mm-hmm. I just I'm think try- that's how they work. I'm trying to find how many times Miles Garrett has lined up. Okay, here it is. How, how many times has he lined up on the interior, basically? <clears throat> and uh, Pro Football Focus has number of players snaps lined up over and off, uh, lined up on defensive line over an offensive tackle, over a nose tackle. Ah, I guess I can't find it. Never mind. Here are the two. But that's interesting. Mm-hmm. If they're going to move him around, if they put him over at some point, if they put him over like Garrett Bradbury or something, too. Well, that's what I was thinking, too. You know, target the weak. 
Those are Judd's keys to a Vikings victory over the Cleveland Browns. We are this gonna is going to be a the blast. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. Yeah. What a what a game on paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're pumped. V- Vikings vent line right after it's over. We just uh, we just hit another record. So we shattered records for Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, and Score North as a whole across podcast and YouTube in the month of September. And we just thank you guys for sticking with us over these last couple of years as we've morphed this thing from a four-hour radio show that Judd and I did for years into more of a an on-demand and uh, digital entity. And uh, you guys are responding big time. It's kind of fun, too, to hear the people that have discovered us for the first time and like, I discovered you guys yeah. in June or like a year ago. And like, what do you mean? You didn't discover us on AM, AM radio back in 2015, 2017. Weird. And we still, you can still find us from five to six o'clock on AM 1500 in the twin cities too. But it's been a, it's been a fun, fun venture. Well, and I mean, celebrate in September. There's the potential to see us now. Oh, yeah. On a daily basis, which I've been, heard people are excited been about. Suicide. Yeah. I've heard people are very excited when when they see Dex's hair. My my stubble fills full beard. Dex's pomp. My pop with no beard because I can't grow a beard because I'm. Dex is our. You know what? You know what? Every show needs needs the the teenage heartthrob. Yeah. Dex is our uh, teenage really heartthrob. Is. Thank you. I am the <laughs> game, Jr. Yeah. So uh, Vikings Vent Line, check us out on the Purple Daily YouTube channel live right after the game is over. And we'll either be your therapists or we'll be your uh, your party organizers, depending on what happens in that game. See you guys later. Mackie and Judd. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday. And as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.